Our scripture reading this morning are three passages in Proverbs. The first is Proverbs 14, 9. Fools mock at making amends for sin, but goodwill is found among the upright. Then Proverbs 21, 3. To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And finally, Proverbs 29, 7. The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. This is the word of the Lord. I would encourage you to go ahead and uh, get your outline out. You can follow along. It's been fun to, in rather rapid-fire fashion, uh, have a lot of passages from Proverbs. And my hope and prayer really is that, that even after the service, you will refer back to uh, all of these outlines that we've had on Proverbs, and if you need to get some of the other Sundays, we can we can get that to you. But uh, I've appreciated uh, your responses to what what really does seem to be a neglected book as far as a preaching series and all. Uh, and and why end with a sermon on righteousness as we close out this series on Proverbs? Well, the word for righteousness appears over a hundred times just in the book of Proverbs, more than any other word except possibly wise. And wisdom. It's a wonderful word, tzedekah, tzedekah. Say that with me. Tzedekah, tzedekah, righteousness. Um, sometimes translated character or integrity. It appears some 500 times in the Old Testament. You take the Greek counterpart to that, that's uh, 150 more in the New Testament. So there are other, over 650 references to this word in all of the Bible. Uh, and it really does encompass a lot of what Proverbs is all about. So it's really a good uh, word, a good subject to go out on. Now, wh- what does the word tzedekah mean? It's really, I think it's important to remember, it's a relational word, not a law-based word. It, it's, it describes uh, always doing things in sync and in harmony with others, with creation, and with God. As I've said each week, Proverbs comes from this theological perspective that God created an order to things and true wisdom is living according to that order. And so obviously character, integrity is very, very important to that. And the more I studied where this word appeared in Proverbs, I found myself really kind of locking into three different areas by which you learn about character with Proverbs and it's justice, witness, and grace. So let's unpack that together. First of all, Justice, and I kind of, and I gave little two little sub points to each of the three major points, and, and here we're talking about subjects of grace and then goals of grace. First of all, subjects of grace. Who are the subjects? Excuse me, of justice, not grace. Subjects of justice, and first of all, it's really yourself. Look at the first verse there, Proverbs eight twenty. I walk in the way of righteousness along the path of justice. That, that's not a, a, an, an arrogant proclamation there. That is a call. That's a command that God gives to us. We are to walk in ways of righteousness along the path of grace. It's talking about your own personal righteousness that really does begin on the inside. I know I talk about it a lot, but Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is all about following him from the inside out. He takes all these Old Testament laws and turns them inward. It's really where we get the word integrity. I wasn't quite sure where Colonel was going with that, and I'll talk with him a little bit more. But, but again, uh, uh, who did I say? Uh, Claire Davis said afterwards, because she's studying Latin, I think, and she said, do you know what the Latin word for that is? And Yes, because I've been working on this sermon. And, uh, and uh, she said it's integritas, and it means well integrated into one thing, which is what Colonel was saying. 
uh, uh, it, it means to be a well-integrated whole, which reminds me of the fruit of the Spirit. Help me with that. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. Did I miss one? Ah, faithfulness. Yeah, that's important. Um, and again, what it's talking about there is having all of those. And as Colonel said, you might, uh, you might be a natural at some of those and be gifted in those areas, but you really need to try to work on all of those. Uh, that's really what John Wesley talked about with holiness and being sanctified, that you work on all of those, and all of those begin on the inside so that you can be a well-integrated person. best definition I've ever heard of integrity is being sound in all your parts. And that's what it takes to be a, a subject of justice and righteousness. Secondly, an important subject of justice is the poor. Proverbs 29.7, the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Um, I know many of you, a number of years ago, read the book, The Hole in Our Gospel by Richard Stearns. Very important book that I think helped open the eyes of a lot of people, even in the evangelical world, who, who, who didn't realize, you know, we're really called to go out there and help the poor. And, and one of his most uh, pivotal quotes in that whole book that seemed to trouble a lot of people, interestingly enough, was, it's not our fault that people are poor, but it is our responsibility to do something about it. How did that person over there get poor? Were they trying to be responsible? Did they have a chance or were they just being lazy? You know, it doesn't matter in the long run. You serve them anyway. You serve them, you, you, you serve them anyway. Oh, but I have a problem with that. Okay, well, just don't follow the Bible. But, but it's really an important thing to do. That's what you do. And I love how Bill Watt and so many other people here have kind of taken on the themes that you find in books like When Helping Hurts and Toxic Charity and The Poor Will Be Glad. Because really, we are called to help the poor, but not just in a charity-type fashion. We really need to uh, uh, forge relationships with people, people who are ministering to the poor and people who themselves are poor. It made my week. Years ago, I preached a sermon that Johnny Walker from, from the first service, uh, and he remembered those points a week or two later, which made my day. But we talked about uh, the three points were uh, we are called to help the poor, the poor are called to help the poor, and most importantly, we are called to help the poor help the poor. You know, it, it's not a matter of just in, in, a, in a way that could almost be patronizing, you know, here, we're going give to you, give you these handouts. No, you go and forge relationships, and you find out, you become the students of the people who are in more dire circumstances than yourself. You, you really become their students, and respect what they have to say, and sense what their needs are, and then you go back and huddle up, and then you huddle up with them and say, how do we do this better together, that, that you might become even more self-sustaining because of the situation in which you find yourself. That's what it means to do really biblical, biblical ministry to the poor. And then thirdly, another important subject of justice that's mentioned in Proverbs is creation, I will say. Proverbs 12.10, the righteous care for the needs of their animals, but the kindest acts of the wicked are cruel. That's not just talking about so-called domestic animals that they might have, they're herding sheep or goats, this kind of thing, but even wild animals, it's really talking about when you do some kind of cruelty to animals that's pointless and premeditated. How many of you all saw this video that went viral of these two French guys who were at the Grand Canyon where the rays were for a year or two, and they, they had these little pieces of bread or something, and they were basically luring a squirrel to the edge of the canyon, and then they kicked kick the squirrel off the and, and the guy who was filming it was just shocked he just thought it was a cute little scene where they were feeding the squirrel and then they just kicked the squirrel off of this 6,000 foot canyon did you all see that did you all see that or hear about it 
it's really disturbing and disgusting, and, and really, I mean, that's not re- reflecting a right relationship with God. I hope those guys get caught. Is Marla Newman? I'm glad Marla wasn't there. Marla, you, we would have taken it to him, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> For their sake, I'm glad we weren't there, but anyway. I mean, it was just cruel and pointless, and I think um, if they don't um, answer for it now, they will indeed later. Well, what are some of the goals of justice, secondly? Proverbs 21.3, to do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. I mean, I go right to Hosea 6.6. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. What is that saying for us today? I desire you to speak not about righteousness just in the church. I don't care if you sing about righteousness in the church. I don't care if you talk about integrity in the church, read about it, pray about it. I want you to get out of here and then go do it. That's what Proverbs is telling us. Your worship really is worthless unless you go out and live out what you've been praying and singing and speaking and reading. Proverbs 21.15, when justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. We really are to rise up and be voices for the innocent who are being harmed out out there, voices against all evil in the world. Uh, I was in touch this week with Whitney Milton. Y'all know David and Whitney. Does everybody know, by the way, that they're does everybody know they're expecting, which is really cool? Okay. And they are at uh, Denver Seminary now. And as you know, they have been fearlessly waging war against human trafficking. Uh, they were doing that down in Peru for some time. And now they are at a seminary, and they're studying to be counselors so they can help victims of human trafficking transition back into the world in a way where they receive a lot of incredible care. And it was just cool because, you know, I was reminded how fearless they are in this. Come what may, that's the war that they are called to fight, and that's what she said, and I'm so, um, so uh, just in admiration of them and appreciate their standing for that and, and striking terror into evildoers. Proverbs 16.8, better, better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. I don't know if Doug Rigney Sr. is here. We've been praying for Eva. Look at that again. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. We've got to trust that even the little things that we do really do make a difference. It can be hard to see. And we can feel overwhelmed as we try to make an impact on this depraved world, on this world that, that just seems to be so broken. And yet we can make a difference. I, loved, I think it was the second summer I was on the mission trip down to Wilcox County, which, as you know, is such a poor, uh, poor county. And, and I remember, it, you know, it's a really intense weekend and everything. But I remember one, at one point, I hope he doesn't mind me naming him. I already did, didn't I? Doug Rigney came over. You know, we were just so tired and everything. He just slung his arm around me and said, you know, if we can get one kid, one kid here to a better place, we've done good. And I so appreciate that. And he's just an encouraging guy anyway. And I think of how we've kind of taken on some folks, you know, where we've forged relationships. I think of, it's TJ, right, who we had the wedding for here, and he lived with the Causies for a while and everything. It's just such a cool thing. That he's a living example of somebody we've invested in in a, in a relational way. But I hope we really realize the little, even the little things we do that we think are insignificant, I just love what this says. If we can bring a little bit of righteousness, better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. If we can just do a little, it can go a long way in God's kingdom in ways that we don't even see. So wisdom breeds character through also our witness, secondly. First of all, witness through perseverance. There are some wonderful verses. There are some of my favorite verses in Proverbs where it talks about how often the best witness is found in those who stand firm in the faith even when they're going through difficulty. Colonel Fields 
was talking about the last three years for him and Helen have been difficult because of her particular situation. And, and yet they continue to just be the, <laughs> the best of people, and they keep showing up. And, and they still have fun and joke around, and they're just lovely, lovely people. It was neat this past week. I was in three different meetings where people in those meetings were basically taking the difficulties that they have been through in life, some major crises, and out of that they're wanting to be, as Henry Nowen says, they want to be wounded healers for other people and guide them through that same valley that they walked through. One was for eating disorders, uh, one was for widows, and uh, the third was for uh, people who are in poverty. And I just thought was, that was so cool to know people here who just really have a sense of calling to those things. And, and not just here, but in other, other parts of our community who I met with. And I just thought that was really, really cool. They've walked through that valley, but they want to guide others through it now. Which is why you have these wonderful verses. Let me just go through them. Proverbs 4, 18. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. That's just saying... These people of character, their witness just shines all the more as they continue to live, no matter what, no matter what comes along, what, no matter what, what might knock them around, they will still stay the course. Proverbs twenty four sixteen. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. And then Proverbs ten twenty five. When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. So again, witness through perseverance and then witness through words. I know you love that quote that is attributed to St. Francis. He probably didn't say, but if he did, that's great. Preach the gospel if necessary. Can somebody fill in the blank? Use words. Okay, okay. That's a great, that's a great statement. But words aren't necessary. I think that's important to keep in mind, and I picked on Harold Cannon in the first service. He goes to Rio all the time, a great a uh, person of character as well. And uh, some of you have gone on mission. Stacy, where you've been on mission trips with in medical. And is he not a wonderful dude? I mean, just great. And, and he's always real careful to talk about. Like, he will administer medical help like Stacy and, and Skip and other people do when they go on mission trips. But he's always careful after he administers whatever kind of help he can bring to them, he will say, do you know why I'm here? Yep, you, you, she's mouthing it over there. Uh, do you know why I'm here? Do you know why I'm doing this? Now, what am I saying with all this? We're really good here. We're a good missional people, and we're good at giving medical help and building church buildings and building shelters and, and offering economic empowerment and, and eyesight and tutoring people and helping addicts, helping people in poverty. But let me just offer this up. If there's no confessional dimension to what we're doing what we're doing is humanitarian work. And I'm not dogging humanitarian work at all. But if you're doing this representing the church of Jesus Christ, you are there also to confess who he is to you. Because that's who we are. So important. And pardon me if I'm sounding preachy, but again, if you don't do that, we're doing mere humanitarian work, which is a good thing. But if we're going to be who we say we are, we stop at some point and say, do you know why I'm here? I wonder if you wonder why I'm doing this. Well, let me tell you why. Proverbs 10, 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. That's what we can bring to people. But the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Proverbs 10, 20 and 21. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. Verse 21. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. Okay, so character is seen through how we practice justice, how we practice witness. And finally, grace. Wonderful Richest of words. 
first of all, the grace of deliverance. Let me just read this verse because the answer to this verse is basically Romans 3.23. Proverbs 20, verse 9. Who can say, I have kept my heart pure, I am clean and without sin? Anybody in here? Romans 3.23 says what? Who has fallen short of the glory of God? Who has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? All. All have sinned. I mean, no one can say I've kept my heart pure. No one can say I'm totally clean. No one can say I'm without sin. But thanks be to God, we have been delivered. There's that powerful passage that I don't like to read because of its truthfulness. Uh, you know, in, in Romans 7 where it talks about, you know, I want to do the things I know I'm supposed to do, but I wind up doing the very things I hate. And I can't, I just don't understand myself. I know what I need to be doing, and I want to do what's right and good, but I do the very thing that I know isn't right, the very thing that I hate. But you get on down to verse 25, and he says, But thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. We find refuge in his grace. It's like the prodigal who comes back home and he, you know, he can he can head home and the father dashes out to greet him, and then they kill the fatted calf, and there's great rejoicing. Proverbs 18:10. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower, and the righteous run to it and are saved. That's what the church should be all about. Keep in mind that in Jesus' day, sinners ran to him, not away. Shouldn't the church be the exact same way? Sinners should feel free to run to this place, not away. We should be open-ended and embracing of all people. You know, No matter what they've been into, no matter where they've been, we invite them into this place and love them as Jesus does. Proverbs 29, 6, evildoers are snared by their own sin, but the righteous shout for joy and are glad. You know, we are so fortunate to have been made righteous, not by anything we've done, but because of Christ who did what he did on our behalf. And we can celebrate, kill the fatted calf, so to speak. Proverbs eleven thirty, which really reminds us that we are to be deliverers of this grace, agents of this grace. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise Saves lives. We are to be agents of this grace on behalf of others who can be delivered. Which leads very simply to the grace of reward. And let me just stress, this is unmerited, undeserved reward. You know, ultimately what we are graced with is being eternally in the presence of God. Is it something that we deserve because of anything? Absolutely not. And yet we receive that because of the righteousness, not that's of ourselves, but because of Christ standing in for us. Therefore... We can celebrate verses like this, Proverbs 12, 28. In the way of righteousness there is life. Along that path is immortality. Proverbs 14, 19. Evildoers will bow down in the presence of the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteousness. Doesn't that sound like Philippians 2? That at the name of Jesus every knee shall what? Bow, every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord. Proverbs 14, 32. When calamity comes, the wicked are brought down, but even in death... The righteous seek refuge in God and find refuge in God. Proverbs 21, 21, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. And it's a very undeserved grace. Of, uh, it's an undeserved reward. I, I always think of, I love Peter, the apostle Peter, who used the word inheritance. You know, someone dies and you receive someone from that person, chances are really good. You didn't deserve what you received from that person, but you received it anyway. He says our salvation through Christ's death on the cross really is an inheritance. And he describes it this way. It's an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. Totally undeserved. Now, I end this series with where we began. Proverbs 1-7 says, what is the beginning 
of wisdom. Everybody remember the blank of the Lord is the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the word fear there really is talking about being in awe, being in, in absolute reverence of his majesty, his mystery, really the, the mystery of his love for us, the fact that he condescended down to our earth. And in spite of our wayward ways, he died on our behalf that we might have newness of life. That's grace. And it's that grace that leads us to this table now from which we partake of the Lord's Supper. And we'll do it our usual way with you guys coming out from the, uh, the, the pews further up. Just come up this way, go exit out that way, receive uh, the elements, go back and sit down. And, and, and don't feel like you've got to take them immediately. Go back, sit down, meditate for a while. Take some time in prayer and then take the bread and the drink as you feel led. If you guys in this section would come down this way, receive, and then go back. Take it back with you, sit down and spend some time in prayer as you listen to the music. You guys over here toward the wall coming to the front and such. But before we enter into this meal, let's bow for prayer. Lord, indeed, we don't deserve any of this. We do not deserve the fact that you loved us so much that your very body was broken for our behalf, that you shed blood on our behalf, which is the whole meaning of the breaking of this bread, uh, the, the spilling of this drink, and the partaking of both of these elements, O oh God. May it remind us of your boundless grace toward us, your unconditional love toward us. We ask that even as we partake of this, we ask ourselves, have I been the person of character, the person of righteousness, the seeker of justice that you want us to be? May we ponder that question as we partake of this meal that reminds us that we are made righteous only by your grace, which you showed most fully on the cross. We pray these things in your name. Amen. The table is here for you. just a moment to pray. Lord, as we partake of this, we pray that we would um, not take it lightly, that, that we would remind ourselves that this is a very, uh, very much an alive symbol of, of what it means uh, that you did for us and how we should follow you, that we ourselves really are called uh, for our bodies, in a sense, to be broken, uh, that our energy should be shed on your behalf. Uh, that sometimes reaching out to the world and making ourselves uh, vulnerable to the world can be taxing, it can cause pain and grief and exhaustion. And yet, nevertheless, we are called to confess your name and do what it takes to get your good news out there. So we can commit ourselves all the more to living uh, as people of integrity, people of character, people of righteousness. We ask that you would make us all the more righteous in all that we do. We pray these things in your name.